Let the stories and teachings of today's top Christian leaders inspire and move you to releasing God's best for your life. With your host, best-selling author and certified Christian life coach, Jay Marsh. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. Hey, it's Jay Marsh here. It's great to be with you today. I want to welcome you to this episode of Your Blessed Life. Well, I want to get right into today's show. I want to introduce to you our featured guest. So, Bless Nation, I want you to meet Mark Gablowski. Mark, welcome to Your Blessed Life. Hey, Jay, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I love what your show is about, and um, just thank you for having me. Well, it's my pleasure, and this is the fun part, man. This is where we get to connect and get to know each other a little bit from the outside before we dig in on the inside. Does that sound all right with you? You bet. Let's go okay. for it. Cool. Well, I know that you're a retired Air Force guy, so what did you do in the Air Force? Uh, the technical term was a uh, electronic warfare systems technician, so... Um, that's a glorified way of saying I, I repaired electronics equipment. It was a cool mission. Um, but yeah, I, I repaired avionics, uh, equipment. All right. So that's awesome. So how many years did you do that for? I spent nine and a half, nine and a half years active duty. And, uh, I served my first base was in California. Um, spent three years in the Philippines, a year in Korea and, um, several years here in Nebraska. All right. Well, thank you, brother, for, for serving the country and for representing. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. It was truly an honor. Well, to share a little bit more uh, with Blessed Nation about you. So I know that today is kind of a cool day for you. Is today's uh, maybe an anniversary or something? Yeah, you bet. <laughs> it is uh, my wife and I, our fourth wedding anniversary. And uh, so it's a big day for us. And you don't know this, but it is also the day uh, my wife will no longer be working. She is retiring officially today, so no more Mondays for her. Wow, man. That Now, that's an anniversary. It's going to be hard to top <laughs> next year. I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> wow, that's exciting. That is very exciting. Congratulations on that as well. Yeah, thanks. You know, she's, um, she's the picture of diligence and faithfulness. Um, you know, she got up every day and went to work at the same place for 30 some years and the good Lord blessed her with a wonderful pension in the process. And so she's able to come home and, and take care of an ailing, uh, mother and an aging father. And so we're very, very grateful that God has arranged all this for us. Yeah. Amen. That is wonderful. And sounds like it's perfect timing. It absolutely is. Well, speaking of uh, other family members, so I know you have at least one kiddo. Is Josh your only child? Yes. Okay. And so I say child by now. He's a young, young man. He's what, 15, 16? He is 15 and a half. Yes, he is. Okay. 15 and a half. All right. Well, I have a feeling that we might talk a little bit more about Josh here in just a minute. But before we get into kind of the, the heart of the show, I want to learn just a little bit more about you, Mark, uh, maybe a fun fact, maybe even a hidden talent, maybe something that not everybody knows about Mark Goblowski. Anything come to mind? 
Oh, yeah. Um, well, anybody who knows me and lives in town knows this, but nobody else around the country knows it. Um, I'm a career martial artist. I've been studying Kung Fu and teaching Kung Fu for oh, 30 years now, actually. And uh, I love it. It's a great passion of mine. I'll be doing it till the day I die. It's great fun. So when you say Kung Fu, is that the discipline within martial arts that, you, that you've learned? Yes. So, you know, um, there's Kung Fu, Karate, Taekwondo. They come from different countries. Kung Fu originated in China and is kind of considered the grandfather of most martial arts. That is so cool. You know, from a... Well, from my experience with martial arts, kind of the go-to um, martial art is is Taekwondo. I know I took that as a, a boy and as a young man as well, but I don't hear it as much with Kung Fu. Um, but I do know, like you said, that it is kind of the backbone or the grandfather or the foundation of martial arts. Yeah, it is. And you know what? Uh, the Korean people are an amazing culture. Um, you know, I, I lived there for a year and actually studied Kung Fu in Korea, although Korea is the birthplace of Taekwondo. But the Korean people are so proud of their Taekwondo that they have literally gone out and like populated the earth with Kung Fu or Taekwondo instructors on nearly every continent and in every country that they've has been possible. And that started back in the 60s. So they're just so proud of the art that they really, really um, wanted to get it out there in the public and spread it. And the Chinese, on the other hand, kind of had this, this is our treasure and we don't want to, you know, yeah. other people getting their hands on it. So, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a fan of, of martial arts for not only from the, for the physical part of it, but for the mental part of it, um, it just helps you to, well, kind of like the Bible says, to be able to have the wherewithal to renew your mind each and every day because you know how to control and work your mind. Yeah, it's a powerful, powerful practice. And, you know, I know sometimes some people of faith have some questions or concerns about the martial arts and, um, you know, or meditation that might be within the martial arts. But really, it's just a um, a physical thing. You know, it's, it's a training of the mind. It's mm -hmm. not at least the way I practice it's not I'm not trying to commune with the universe or anything like that it's really taking the mind that God made me and sharpening it to the best of my abilities here in this physical earth and meditation and focus and practicing determination and perseverance are all ways that I can take the gifts that God gave me and make them um fully cultivate them yeah. Yeah. You know, sharpening your mind. I think you hit it right, right on the, on the head, the nail on the head. And that's one of the things that drew me to martial arts as a young man. Um, as a kid, I did it because I was kind of led to do it. But when I got on my own, I was looking for that structure. I, cr I really craved it. I didn't know it at the time, but I was craving that structure and that discipline. Um, and so I think it, it's, I think it's, it's part of what can get us to the point where our mind is, all that God's called it to be. So I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's good stuff. I guess two other points, Mark, that I want to share with Blessed Nation here are that you are also a podcast host. Of course, your show uh, is called Struggle Strength Through the Struggle, and you have a book coming out soon with the same title, don't you? 
Yes, I do. Um, it should be out in the next 60 days, uh, Strength Through the Struggle. And it's really kind of a memoir of my own life and uh, in particular the last 10 years um, um, and, a, and a major struggle that my son and I experienced together, uh, which we'll be talking about here in a few minutes, I'm guessing. Um, so yeah, the book is really about how to take a struggle and pull from it the strength. The pro, you know, the challenge is, is that our mind gets in the way. And when we're going through a struggle, the last thing we want to do is go through a struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the mind is like pushing it away and telling us, oh, I'd rather be anywhere but here and um, all these negative things about it. But if we can maybe change the conversation around what struggles are and what they can actually do for us, it might be possible to look at them differently and actually use them as a positive thing. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to plant a seed here with you. We haven't talked about this. So this, I'm going to totally hit you from the side here because this, this one you weren't expecting when this book comes out, the power of using the struggle as a platform to help yourself. It, I am very intrigued with once your book comes out and you get a little time under your belt, I'd like to, for us to consider coming back and talking about the book exclusively, because this episode is about getting to know Mark. Um, but that next, maybe there's an opportunity for us to come back together and talk about some teaching points on struggle from the book. What do you think? Oh, I would love to. I'm so excited about, you know, what's in the book. Yeah. I'll be completely honest here. I'm also kind of scared, you know, writing a book, uh, for me has because I'm trying to be honest yep. about vulnerable. my life. You bet vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable, that includes the parts of you you like and some of the parts that maybe didn't show up in the best way possible through your, through your life. So, you know, exposing the truth of yourself sometimes can feel a little scary, but still I'm so excited about what's in the book and the story that it tells because it's not, it's not, even though I said a memoir, it's not really just about me. It's about my son. It's about the human spirit. It's about how God is there for us at the same time, uh, even though it doesn't always feel that way. So I'm, I'm really excited about the message. Well, good. I look forward to recircling with you on that topic all by itself. And I think that's a good segue for us as we, you know, so we've got to, to know a little bit about you, Mark, from the outside, a little bit about your family, uh, some of the stuff that's led in, led you to this point in your life. You know, we talked a little bit about your military background, but I want to transition a little bit. And what I really want to focus the rest of the show on is to talk about Mark from the inside out, Quite frankly, talking about your daily personal walk in Christ is, is that, is that, are you cool with that? Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, that's a conversation that we're not always having and talk about being vulnerable and being candid, um, having this kind of conversation, um, requires both of those things. So thanks in advance for being willing to do that. You bet. Well, to start things going to the first pillar, if you will, of the show is faith. And, you know, we've come to learn that in life we go through struggles, we go through challenges, but in those struggles and in those challenges, 
there comes an opportunity for God to really do a mighty work in our life. And I know he has yours because I know parts of your story. So what I want to ask you, Mark, is if you would tell us about a time when your faith was stretched in a time when you were in maybe what they call that proverbial pit. Well, you know, this is, (laughs) this has happened several times in my life. Um, as it has, I think, in many people's lives when you find yourself up against the wall. I'm going to go back into my childhood first. Um, and when I was growing up, I grew up, I was raised Catholic. Uh, the church was literally across the street from my house. And I remember being in a pew during a mass. Um, and I just remember this realization, this knowing that came to me that God was absolutely unequivocally real. Like it wasn't a thought. It wasn't a story that what I was coming to learn about God and what I was experiencing in my life was that he was real. He was as real as the oak pew that my hands were on uh, at that moment. And for me, that was a, a wonderful and beautiful moment. Now, as I went through life, things didn't always, I didn't always remember how real he was. And sometimes I forgot during my own challenges that he was completely real and and he was with me all the time. And my childhood, I experienced a great deal of violence in the home I grew up in. And that alone challenged my idea of God and who he was and where he was because when you're experiencing violence at the hands of somebody who is your parent and is in your mind, you think is supposed to love you. And when you are experiencing violence at the hands of somebody like that, it's, and there's nobody coming to rescue you. And it happens more than once and twice and three times and, four times and it just goes on and on you you start to question or i started to question is god really here for me right is, is god really taking care of me because in as a child it's hard to understand the evil that exists in this world and how horribly we could treat each other as an adult and then when you're a child it it makes even less sense like it is so hard to wrap your mind around an all loving, an all caring, a completely good God, and then the the darkness that we can experience in this world, and that really challenged my faith not just in the moment, but as I grew up, and as I reflected on the the darkness of some of those experiences, it caused me to question. God's goodness. Now, as I've matured in my faith and in age, I see that oftentimes that's Satan's way of trying to get our minds off of God's goodness and just focus on what appears to be maybe him not being there for us. Yeah. And that is a total and complete lie. Um, and that, that was a huge challenge for me to, to try to reconcile the darkness, the evil, the violence, and this all-loving, 
an all good God who was present with me at all times, yet he wasn't stopping the violence. He wasn't stopping the the pain or the evil. That was tough for me to reconcile myself with. Well, so that makes me think about, I guess the first question will, will really set up the second question. So you're sitting in this pew, you're at church and you're having this experience that God is real for you. Is there, when you look back at that time, is there anything in particular at that time when you had that experience that leads you to that realization that God is real? You know, I think it was reflection on, in spite of the darkness that already existed in the world I lived in, how much goodness was there too. And you could, you know, I could see that. And it, it was just a knowing. And it was, I mean, you know, maybe that moment was more of an admission of knowing it. Yeah. Then simply, oh, now I know. I, I think I probably, now that you challenged me with that question a little bit, I had that inkling all along. I finally embraced it that day. I mean, I knew in my heart all along that God existed. But that moment was like I finally admitted it to myself. And, you know, that that's probably part of the human condition is coming to terms with the truth. It is. And you know what it seems like? I, I guess it was. And you, you ended up answering my second question is it became a launching pad for you to move through those dark times in your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're um, in the midst of a storm, if you can remember that the sun's going to come someday, that the clouds are going to move through, then it's a little bit easier to get through the storm. And, you know, I don't want to speak for God exactly, but yeah, that was probably his way of letting me know that in spite of the darkness, there was always light coming. And that I didn't have to live in this place forever. You know, Blessed Nation, when I hear Mark's story, I, I see me in it. And I, I don't know if you see you in it. I want you to put yourself in it and see if you can see your life in that story. Because, you know, God is like this magnet out there that is drawing us to him. He wants us to be. The word I'm looking for will come to me in a minute. He wants us to come to him and to connect to him so that the hope that we seek can be realized and that that our eternal hope is in his son, Christ Jesus. And praise God that that joy does come in the morning. Sometimes it may not be tomorrow morning, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. sometimes it may be that next morning. But praise God that that we can secure our hope in God. And so, Mark, I want to ask you about kind of a, a story of hope, um, a hope that is has been an experience for you. Would you tell us about a time when when your faith actually positioned you? for a renewed hope and maybe even a breakthrough. Yeah, I kind of liken it to this example. If we were talking about the proverbial pit while ago, 
Maybe we're talking about the palace in this next story of hope or a glimpse of it. Anything come to mind when we, when we talk about that? Yeah, you bet, uh, Jay. Um, in 2005, my son was in the, riding in the back of his mother's car and a semi truck moved into their lane on the interstate and struck her car. And then he kept on rolling. And so it was a hit and run accident. And after the car Josh was riding in came to a stop, another semi truck hit it. So it was a hit and run with two semi trucks. He was driving in a Chevy Cavalier, which is a tiny, tiny car. Almost anything's tiny when you compare it to a semi truck. And that day he suffered a massive traumatic brain injury, both hemispheres, all the lobes, his brainstem, everything was damaged. And, you know, that's a terrifying experience for a parent. Um, I got a phone call at work and I jumped into my truck and I headed to the hospital and on the, on the way to the hospital, I started to pray. You know, I could feel this anxiety coming over me and the uncertainty because the, the phone call ex- consisted of, well, Josh is in the ICU and he's unconscious. Right. And that was literally the only thing I knew. And so as I'm driving to the hospital, I'm coming down the ramp where I would merge onto a, another piece of the interstate. And I'm just praying, Lord, you know, please, you are the ultimate healer. You need him together in his mother's womb. I'm asking you to please, please bring him through this. I don't know what's wrong, but I know you can fix it. And I just kept praying and putting the the doctors in his hands and the nurses and the orderlies and anybody who would come in touch with my son or making decisions about my son. And when I got there, you know, I saw him, he was on a ventilator and it was, I mean, I literally stopped breathing when I walked into the room and I put my hands on my head and because I didn't know what to do. I just, I'm sitting there looking at it and taking in the tubes and the, the life support. And the only thing I had to fall back on then was my prayer, my faith. He ended up being in the hospital for four months. And about halfway through, I could feel this darkness kind of seeping into my life. Now, I don't want to, it wasn't like I was getting negative. It was just the weight of the situation. He had been in a coma for six weeks. And when people come out of a coma, at least with Josh's type of injury, it's not like TV. They don't wake up and say, can I get a piece of pizza? It's nothing Nothing like that. He was no different the day after they said he was out of the coma than the day before. There was literally no difference that you could see. He was still limp in a bed. But I kept feeling this darkness, um, the weight of the situation coming out over me. And I knew that I had to maintain my energy and be present for him to help him get through this. And this verse came to me. I'm sorry. It wasn't a verse. It was a quote. And it went like this. Always remember in the dark, what you know to be true in the light. And I'm paraphrasing that it's been said many different ways, but it came from a guy who was a preacher that, and I'd heard it on the radio. 
And in that moment, I, it dawned on me that, you know, God's promises exist outside of our experience and inside of our experience, but they're like the center and the circumference. They're, that is the totality of reality, but we don't see that. All I could see was my three and a half year old son laying in a bed, unable to move a, a limb, unable to swallow, unable to, to respond in any way. And that was dark. It was super dark. And so I took that quote and I wrote it out on a pink post-it note. And I, I specifically asked for a pink one because it was like the most obnoxiously bright piece of paper I could find. And I took that, I wrote that quote on it and I slapped it up on this big oak door. And I forced myself to read that every day, knowing that in spite of what my circumstances were and my son's circumstances were, that the truth was God was still with me and that I could maintain hope. Now, I'd like to say that that fixed it. And many days it did. But we've never gotten like closure on this. It's not like he got better and everything changed and he was back to normal. We're 11 years out from this and you know, he's probably going to need somebody to, to help care for him the rest of his life. He's never going to drive a car. Probably, you know, he's never going to ride a bicycle, roller skate. He's always going to need somebody there with him. But God doesn't promise us a perfect, effortless life. As a matter of fact, he promised us that if we believe in him, that we're going to have problems. We're going to have troubles. Yes, yeah, sir. because we believe. We're going to be even persecuted quite possibly because of it. But his promises exist, and I decided I needed to hold on to those. But I needed a physical reminder to help me because, you know, we live in this physical world, and we experience the world through our physical senses. And part of that is seeing or helping my son as he can't walk up steps. And so we're we're going through all kinds of emotional experiences as well. Um and as the years rolled on, it was a real roller coaster of a ride. Uh, eventually, a friend of mine connected me to a conference that, again, there was people there who were going through somewhat similar circumstances. All their kids had disabilities of differing kinds. And when I got around another group of people who were having a similar experience, I discovered I'm not the only one going through it. Well, I knew that, but it feels like it. Right. It just, you know, our minds play tricks on us. And sometimes, you know, Satan's part of that trick that's getting played on us. Right. But discovering that there are other people, one, going through it, and two, successfully living their life in spite of the challenges, that gave me another renewed hope. Um, and I'd like to say again, well, that fixed it all, but it didn't. You know, life is this roller coaster and it's going up and down with these experiences that we're having. But trying to remember for me, trying to remember that God's promises exist regardless of what I'm experiencing and to fall back on those instead of my circumstances, that has continued to give me hope to this day. And as I think about the future, it's the same thing. The future looks much brighter now, although it's imperfect. It's, you know, it looks much brighter, but not because my son's ever going to be completely cured, but because 
I know I could trust God that it will work out the best possible way possible. You know, when you finish saying, I trust God, it makes me think of one of my favorite promises that's in Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. And it's just about trust, trust in me. You know, don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge me in everything. And then I'll, I'll make that path straight. And that's that promise that regardless of the circumstances, in spite of the circumstances that he's still with us. And that's exactly what you said. In spite of the circumstances that he is still with us and praise God for that. Amen. And that's my favorite Bible verse. That was my favorite Bible verse before Josh got hurt. Um, and I wish I could say that I lived every moment that way, but I, you know, I'd be lying. <laughs> and he, although he did say it would be straight, he didn't say there wouldn't be mountains, you know, there wouldn't be hills. Yeah. So there's going to be challenges. There is, there is. Well, you know, it's so interesting because this segment on hope, you know, sometimes as the host and sometimes as a listener to the show, you're waiting for that victory. Hallelujah. Mark made it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but it's that reminder sometimes. And I, and I know you've got stories of breakthrough and stories of victory, but what I like about this story, Mark, is the focus doesn't become a good circumstance. The focus maintains itself on God. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, it absolutely has to because the circumstances will change. And I don't know what the circumstances will hold in the future, but I know that God is the same today and tomorrow. And he's always been the same. He's always going to be the same. And so I can put my trust in that because he's proven he is absolutely trustworthy. You know, it's his promises that give us the essence of having hope to start with. And if you're looking for a way to strengthen and to grow that hope, all we have to do is what you did. Look at his promises. And when you know God's promises for your life, you can't help but to look forward to a glorious future. So I know there's a bunch of other promises in the Bible and we talked about, and I had no idea that this one was your favorite. The reason I mentioned it, Mark, is because it's mine. Mm. Um, it has been a pillar for me going through dark times and difficult times, and it's become my mantra. So when you think of the different scriptures and the different promises that have supported you in life that are maybe resonating with you even today. Is there any other promise or any other scripture that is connecting with you these days? Yeah, you bet. Um, Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And that's John eight 36. And the reason that's so important to me now is because we don't actually have closure there are these issues that I don't have control over. <clears throat> I can't make everything right. And that was the one thing I, I so desperately wanted to do in my own human strength and will was to just fix everything 
for Josh and make it all better. And I couldn't. And in the process, my mind became plagued with um, frustration and depression and anxiety. And I, I came to the point where I realized I couldn't maintain in my own human strength anymore trying to do that. And this promise to me says that through Jesus, that he, he made me free and that I shall be free indeed, but I can be free of anxiety and I can be free of frustration and I can be free of darkness and depression in my mind. And, um, you know, that's, that's why I chose it. I wanted that freedom and I choose to believe that promise. You know what I love about what you said more than just the verse is you looked and asked yourself, how can this verse, how can John eight thirty six being free indeed, how can it support me? How can it bless me? And how can I incorporate it into my life each and every day? I think when we start asking ourselves, how can scripture come to life in our life? We give it life and we breathe life into it. And that's what I see that you just did with that awesome verse. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, you know, God knows our heart. He knows when we're going through stuff and he's, he's, he's with us standing with us on those promises that he has given us and, and praise God for that. And praise God for those promises that you are clinging to, um, in spite of the circumstances. You bet. Can I, can I share one more verse? Sure. You bet. Actually, it's not a verse. It's a Psalm. And I used to read this frequently at the hospital. Um, it's Psalm 131. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. And that, again, frequently gave me peace because I could be comfortable. I could be comforted in God's arms. I knew he was taking care of me just like a mother loves her child. I knew he had his arms wrapped around me. Or I could remind myself that he had his arms wrapped around me because sometimes I did forget. Um, but I couldn't let my pride get in the way. I couldn't think I could handle all of this on my own even though I did try. I mean, I just want to be completely honest. I did try, but this was a, such a beautiful reminder to me that if I could let go of my ego, then he could love me the way he wanted to and give me everything I needed. Yeah. And it's that reminder too, that the, the psalmist that wrote this one, that it's a charge for us. It's a charge for you to put your hope in the Lord. Not in a circumstance, not in a person, not in a thing, but in the Lord. And that's where you can be fully satisfied. Amen. Well, before we move into this final segment of the show, Mark, I want to take just a moment and check in with Bless Nation. So Bless Nation, is Mark awesome or what? I mean, this is some, this is, I'm so grateful that Mark is just being willing to be so vulnerable. You know, Mark and I talked about this just a little bit before the show. Um, and it is, 
it's challenging when you open your heart and you share these kinds of stories because of your commitment to who God is in your life, what he's doing for you and an opportunity to bless you through his story. So if you're enjoying the show so far, I want to invite you to subscribe to the show. It's super easy, whether you're on your phone or at the website, there's a purple button that says subscribe. If you would hit that button and subscribe to the show, it'd be a great way for you to support the show. So thanks in advance, Bless Nation, for doing that. Well, so Mark, this last segment of the show, it's it's a nugget of wisdom round. Um, I, I, I named it that just simply because I love the book of Proverbs, um, as I know you do. And it gives you an opportunity to share some insights, some nuggets of wisdom in your life with myself and with the community here at Your Blessed Life. So I want to start it off with this first question. And this first question is, it's simple, but it's very impactful. And it's this, big or small, could you share with us one thing that's on your heart these days that you're, that you're grateful for, that you're praising God for? I, I continue to praise God and be thankful for the fact that my son continues to heal and to grow um, ever more independent uh, through this injury and through this whole process. Now he is no, he is not capable of, you know, he's not the average 15 year old. He reads on the level of a first grader, does math on the level of a first grader. But I'm just so grateful that Josh's spirit is what it is that God gave him this spirit, this indomitable spirit that Josh continues to persevere. And he has given Josh such a sweet personality and a sense of humor and that all of this stuff is still unfolding in front of me and um, in such a positive direction. Mm, I love it. I love it. Uh, here's, an, here's the next one for you, Mark. So what's a way that you like to be a blessing to other folks? You know, I, <laughs> okay, I'm going to skip that one. No, let me go here. I, I, I like to be generous financially when I, whenever I can, I love to be able to help those in need who, who need resources. Now, sometimes that's money and sometimes it's, um, a generous word or, or time, but yeah. I just wish I had more money so I could give more of it away. Well, I, I here's my two cents on that unsolicited. Okay. You know, when you have a heart like that and you are already looking for ways to invest the money that you don't yet have, I would like to think that those are the kinds of hearts that God wants to bless with resources that can continue the perpetual model of blessing. Because, you know, I know you know this, but God loves us and he wants to bless us and he wants us to overflow so we can bless those around us. I agree. Mm. That's good stuff, man. Well, let me, let me ask you another question. So would you share one thing with us, Mark, that you do on a regular basis that helps you to strengthen your walk in Christ? Yeah. You know, I have a, um, a reading list and every morning I wake up. 
uh, and I go through this reading list and I have reminders there of how God feels about me, uh, how much he loves me, uh, how he shows up in this world and that those reminders, uh, keep me focused on him and that he's with me throughout the day, every single day. So, uh, I read those every single morning. I like that. I do something real similar to that too, because I think it, it sets the stage for the day. It sets our mind. It establishes a path. It's no wonder you do it. You like Proverbs three, five, six, but it really does. It establishes a path for your mind and for your heart to be focused on him and focused on his ways. And then guess what? All throughout the day, you see him all around you. You feel him, you experience him. You get to receive his love and love back on him all throughout the day because you've set your, your heart on it. Amen. I like that. Well, speaking of reading lists, so tell me about a book. You know, it doesn't have to be a nonfiction book, three steps to grow your faith, but a book that has a Christ undertone, it has a Christ-centered message that has blessed you. And it can be in any area of your life. Any book come to mind that you've read recently that you'd just like to share with us here at Blessed, Blessed Nation? Um, can I give you two? Sure. Because I'm going to give you one that I read a year ago, which is Lifetime Guarantee by Bill Gillum. Incredible faith-based book um, that can just have a powerful influence and help to people to understand why sometimes I do feel stuck and why sometimes my behaviors seem to backslide. Uh, and it gives you a roadmap out of that process too. So anyway, that's a super powerful book, but I'm reading a book right now by a rabbi, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, uh, and the book is thou shalt prosper. Um, and it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful book on, um, you know, God's blessing, God's abundance, um, how he prospers us and, and takes joy in prospering us. So that's a wonderful book that I'm actually in the middle of right now. So what's Daniel's last name again? Lapin. Lapin. L-A-P-I-N. Lapin. You know, when I hear that title, thou shalt prosper, I can't help but to think about, and I really want to do an episode on this, but I'm just going to. I haven't yet, so I'm going to throw it out there. So I was having a conversation a while back with a guy. He's a he's a brother in Christ and a friend and a good man. Uh, but he said something to me that kind of jabbed me, and I'm like, huh. He said, hey, Jay, how's the show going, man? How's the podcast going? I'm like, it's awesome, man. Have you heard it? Well, no, I hadn't really had a chance to listen to it, but uh, so is it one of those feel-good podcasts? He said, are you one of those prosperity pastors? <laughs> and I said, no, brother, I'm a mediocrity pastor. I, I <laughs> Preach uh, brokenness and non-healing and no breakthroughs and death. <laughs> I thought to myself, what kind of a question is that? Because, you know, if the God that we serve has can heal our brokenness, why can't he shape our financial history, our financial future as well? Amen. <laughs> wow. That, what a question. It's like, why would I preach any, why would I just preach like negative or mediocre? Why? Yeah. What value? Yeah. And you know, I think sometimes people, when they ask questions like that, they don't realize the ramification of what they're asking. Um, but you know, our God, the God that we serve, he is able to do all things. And that's just one, you know, creating a, a financial 
future for you where you can be provided for is just one, you know, cause God wants all of that in a box of chocolates for us. Doesn't mean it's all going to happen at our perfect time, just the way we envision it, but he wants us to be full of joy. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be, I mean, he says he's the one who provides us wealth. Now he also warns us that that wealth can be your, your demise, but that's where the process of becoming a mature Christian, I think really helps us as we develop, we start to see those different areas of our life develop as well. So anyway, I just, I couldn't help but, but share that when, when you mentioned uh Rabbi Lappin's book. Yeah, you bet. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of books. Um, I got to hear this guy many, many years ago by the name of Charlie Tremendous Jones. Mm. You ever heard of that guy? Yeah, I have. Man, I mean, that's an old dude. Um, but he, what he said is timeless. And in fact, many people have um, said something similar or rephrased it. But the gist of it is you're going to be the same person in the next five, 10 years as you are today, except for really these two things, the people you meet and the books you read. And I know that has been true in my life. The connections that I made with people, the connection I'm making right now with you, Mark, the books that I read, the things that I fill my mind with out of these books, they have created a framework that has positioned me for where I am and for where I'm going. And the reason I mention that is because I know how powerful books influence us. And Bless Nation, those two books that Mark mentioned, Lifetime Guarantee and Thou Shall Not Prosper. I want to give you an opportunity to check those two books out for free on audio. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you're probably an audio listener. I know I am. If, I, if I'm on the treadmill, if I'm in my car, I've got, I've got an audio something on. So I can be learning and be encouraged. Um, you know, whenever I have the, the time to be quiet and sit still. So if you go bless nation to audibletrial.com slash blessed, you can get a free audio book. You can get one of these free audio books or an audio book of your choice. So it's audibletrial.com slash blessed. And you can pick up whatever book that you want for free as a trial. And, um, and if Audible looks like something that you want to stay with, you can do that as well. So I'd like to share that with you because I've always got a couple of audiobooks lined up on my phone. Well, I've got a couple more questions, Mark, that I want to want to ask you before we kind of wrap the show up. And the next question is this. I know that you've got some exciting stuff going on in your life, in particular your book. But I want to ask you, what has got you most excited in your life these days? Any area of your life, what is really just on the forefront of your mind these days? You know, over the last year and a half, when I started this writing journey and then um, added on this podcast um, that I created, what's really got me excited is the doors that God keeps opening up. I mean, the fact that I'm on your podcast, I didn't know you a month ago. <laughs> and yet now I get to speak to your audience and have that blessing. And just all the people that God keeps putting in front of me almost on a daily basis, all these little doors opening up and these opportunities that are presenting themselves. Um, 
it has me excited and it also has me grateful. And it just affirms to me that God is busy, super busy working in our lives day in and day out. And we just never know uh, what to expect. But all we have to do is put one foot in front of the other to find out. Yeah, uh, I can relate to that. And I am grateful for the connections that he makes for us and for the work that he is doing on our behalf. So, you know, a lot of folks that are getting to learn about you, Mark, for the first time here, they're thinking, I want to learn a little bit more about this guy. I want to know when his book comes out. I want to know about his show. I want to know more about Mark Gablowski. How do they do that? Where can they connect with you? Well, you can go to markgoblowski.com, M-A-R-K-G-O-B-L-O-W-S-K-Y.com slash blessed. And when you go there and um, you share your email address with us, I will send you uh, one chapter from my book and I will share you my, my morning reading list as well. Um, just as a little gift to say thank you for um, letting me be on this pop podcast, Jay, and also for your listeners to have taken the time to listen to my story. Oh, I love that. I appreciate you sharing a gift with us. And I, I think that those are both going to be very well received gifts because there's something that we can put to work with that list immediately. And then we get a sneak peek of your upcoming book. So thanks for sharing that with us, man. You bet. And, and Mark, I just want to say thanks for being on the show. Speaking of saying thanks, thanks for taking the time to hang out with us at your blessed life. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for being vulnerable with us. Um, it was an honor and a pleasure to get to visit with you today. Thanks for having me, Jay. I I just want to acknowledge and uh, express my appreciation to you for the work you're doing out there and uh, pointing our eyes towards home all the time. Thank you. You are welcome, my brother. Amen. And Blessed Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to encourage you and ask you if you'd leave a review of the show. It's it's quite easy to do if you're on the podcast app. Um you just type in the show. Even if you're already a subscriber, you have to type in the show in the search bar, Your Blessed Life. And the cover art will come up. You click on the cover art, and then you'll see the links where you can rate and review the show. So I want to thank you in advance for doing that. And, you know, as we as we sign off here at Blessed Nation, thank you again for tuning in today, for hanging out with Mark and myself. Um, and I want to leave you with this. I want you to remember this that God dearly loves you. He cares about you. He wants his absolute best for you. And he wants to bless you.